I've never been just like a casual dating for fun, like wild phase, whatever. Like, yeah, I don't know why. It's just like hasn't been my personality. Yeah. But I've always been dating to like find someone to marry. Like I've just never right. been like. Clearly. I mean, you went on the back. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Facts. Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Vulnerable. I am your host, Chelsea Vaughn, and today we have a TikToker in the house. We have Anna Kai. She is at maybe both on Instagram and TikTok, and she totally blew up. Um, Not even a pandemic blow up. It was like a last end of last year. She blew up for her dating and advice content. You've probably seen her on your For You page. She like does her makeup flawlessly. Uh, while at the same time, like spitting facts about her ex-boyfriends and she calls them all Chad and she like slams lipstick down. It's iconic. Um, but I saw one of her first videos like September last year and immediately was like on her page for like over an hour, just scrolling all the other um, advice she had. So it was like 20 things I've learned about dating while I was in my 20s. And so we talked about that today. We talked about like some of the best things that I took away from that video. Um, and also just like how she got here in her career and just what she's learned about dating until she met her husband. Um, and it was a really great, interesting combo. She has gotten over 900K followers on Instagram now and 1.2 million on TikTok, which is absolutely insane because she posted that first video in September. So she's had major, major growth. Um, and she's also a Bachelor fan, so she watched my season, Matt James. So it was fun to just like relate and talk about like being women of color in the content creator influencer space and like what it feels like to blow up and kind of like have an overnight success story because we both could kind of relate to that. Um, but it was a really great episode. I loved having her here and I think you guys are going to love it. So here is Anna. Today we have Anna Kai in the Vulnerable Studios. Anna, welcome to Vulnerable. Thank you for having me. I'm thank so excited you. to be here. Oh my God, thank you so much for making the trek. Um, so I like to start off with what's going on. And I want to know like what's something going on in your life right now that you're currently excited about. I'm kind of excited about like everything in my life um, just because um, – I've like not been a content creator for very long. Yeah. So it just sort of feels like everything is happening right now. And um, this has really only come up for me in like the last 10 months, yeah. 11 months. So it's honestly like such a blanket statement. There's nothing specific. I'm just really excited about life because I feel like for the first time ever since, you know, I moved to New York and, you know, came here, I feel like I know what I'm doing with my life. Like I have a purpose. Aww. <laughs> That's amazing. No, I want to get into all that, like how you started and everything. But like, what's something that like, I'm sure there's a bunch of things because I feel like I haven't been a content creator for very long either. Um, but like, is there one specific thing that stands out to you where you're like, pinch me moment that's happened recently? Well, I just actually recently signed with like my dream agency and management company. And Aww. so it was like insane when they reached out because I think even a year, I mean, definitely a year ago, like before I went viral, none of this would have been possible. And it's just, 
it's just crazy to think like this is all happening to me that I'm getting all these opportunities to talk to like awesome people. I mean, this is sort of a pinch me moment for oh, me because like stop. a couple years ago, like I remember watching you on TV with my husband and like I was at a very weird lost place in my life. I was like, great. I like love the guy that I'm with. I was dating him at the time, but I was like, what am I doing with my life? It's like, what are my skills? What am I good at? Apparently talking about my exes. <laughs> um, so yeah, this this is all very, like, very, very cool to me. Oh, Yeah, no, I feel like that too. And like in the influencer space, I guess, like, because I was on the show in 2021, so it's 2023. Yeah. I haven't been doing this for very long. And so I still feel like very green when I go to like these events and like red carpets and all this stuff. Like I did my first like red carpet movie premiere like two weeks ago. And I was like, this is insane. I know. Like, and some of the other influencers are, I mean, they've been New York like city girls for their whole lives, like been doing this for 15 years. And so they're like kind of jaded. And I'm just like, this is the coolest thing that's ever happened. No, I know. And it's like these influencer events, which I'm not used to going to either. Yeah. It's like you sort of, you're like, oh my God, what am I, what do I do with my hands? And I'm like, you know, and I've also, we moved to Connecticut in 2020 at the height of the pandemic. And like, I feel like I didn't interact with humans mm. for like a really long time. And then this happened and I'm like, oh my God, how do I like behave anymore? I'm like, I used to date strangers off of dating apps. And now I'm like going to parties. I'm like, what do I say? Can't talk. I know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm like such a sucker for like I'll always bring a plus one because I'm just like I don't want to oh 100 percent I'm like I went on my first brand trip this uh in March and I brought my best friend from my college I was like I need you also I hate flying so it was oh. like I was like I need you there mostly for the flight but also because like you need to tell me what to do with my hands <laughs> <laughs> no but that's fun though like I love getting to bring my like besties from that are like not part of this world at all yeah. into like all the events and stuff um so are you originally from – wait, where are you originally from? I, I mean, so my parents are Chinese immigrants. I was born in Michigan but raised in Philly and then the suburbs of Philly. And then I moved to New York when I was 18 in 2009 um, and then lived here for 11 years until the pandemic. And we moved to Connecticut because my husband's job is out there. And so he was doing the reverse commute from Grand Central to Stanford for 10 years. Oh, my God. I mean <laughs> – that's dedication. Oh. I know. It's an hour and 20 door to door. It used to be his commute one way. So he used to spend two hours and 40 minutes. Is that right? The math, yeah. the Asian. Um, <laughs> commuting. And so during the pandemic, obviously, we were like, we're not doing this whole train thing anymore. And then, you know, I think once you get into a relationship, I mean, you touched upon this. You don't think you're going to be in New York forever. I never thought I need to be here forever and ever. It was sort of just a great place to be young and exploring uh, the dating scene and exploring who I was. And so it was just time to move. Yeah. We probably would have liked a few more years here because as as I'm sure you know, like it's really nice to be here in a stable relationship and having fun with your boyfriend without the threat of a pandemic. And like yeah. we never had that like phase. Like my husband and I dated for a year and then we had just moved in together and then the pandemic happened. <laughs> We never got her like you know like we never we say like oh we would love to come back and like do new york as like a couple and like live in the cool like luxury building apartment and every yes <laughs> like the like corner like penthouse like floor to ceiling windows we never did that you know we lived in a you know it was a modest apartment I mean, it was nice but yeah yeah huh um okay so for everyone who doesn't like know you hasn't seen your tiktoks i'm sure you guys have seen anna pop up on your for your page um but like before COVID, so you said you haven't been doing this very long. I think your first viral TikTok was like end of last year. 
Yeah, it was in it was September first of twenty twenty two. Okay, so it hasn't even been a year um, that all of this craziness has changed your life. So, I guess like, how did what were you doing before? And did you just decide to like set up your camera one day and then do that video? Because I saw it. <laughs> what wasn't I doing before? Um, I like to tell people that I failed at everything prior to my career in content creation. Um, and when I was in the city, my primary source of income and my like job was I was a real estate broker. So okay. if you're looking for an apartment, <laughs> I am. let me know. I know. I was like, wait, I think I saw like, let me know. I can tell you all the tips and tricks. Oh, my God. It's a mess. Um, and I really love the company that I was with. It was a very unique company. Um, they actually got bought by a much larger companies uh, during the pandemic. But obviously, when I left the city, that was no longer a viable career for me. And the reason I got into that job was because I was looking for something that would obviously pay my bills, but was flexible enough because I was a struggling actress. And I was going on auditions, and I would book occasionally. And so that's a very weird schedule. You can't really hold right. down a nine to five. And, um, you know, the acting thing didn't really work out. <laughs> and then like the pandemic was just a very interesting time because I left my job because we moved to Connecticut and then acting obviously ground to I did like the two most like or at least COVID friendly jobs ever. Like there's no way to do that virtually, real you know, like acting. real estate and acting. And so we moved out to Connecticut and, you know, for the first, whatever, eight months to a year of the pandemic, I was just afraid I was going to die. So that was like my biggest concern. I wasn't like one of these people that was like, oh, we're going to be fine. I'm like, the world's ending. You know, I didn't want to like look at people. I was like, God, everyone's Medusa. Um, so, yeah, it was a very dramatic time. And then once we kind of like got out of that um, in September of 2020, we moved to Connecticut and I was like, what am I going to do with my life? You know, and my husband had his job and I had left my career and like my purpose behind in New York. And um, I knew real estate was not something I wanted to be doing long term. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I was like, oh, my God, I quit everything and like left my job for him. It was sort of like time for me to move on anyways. Yeah. So it was sort of a nice um, in a way, because COVID didn't kill me, it was a blessing in disguise <laughs> because um, we stayed in the city because of my job, because, you know, I had to be here. And it's really hard when you're getting like a pretty stable income from a job to just be like, I'm just going to leave, right. you know. And so I was kind of just out there and I was like, I need to do something. Um, so I started a blog uh, because that's what I called it back then. And I still call it that because yeah. I'm like ancient. <laughs> I feel like ancient on uh, online, but um, it was a home decor blog at first, and that lasted for about a month unsuccessfully, and I was like, I can't redecorate my house every day. <laughs> literally, I don't know how. So many props to home decor bloggers. Like, how do you wallpaper the same room over and over again? I am so not, like, interior design. I mean, I love it, but, like, I want to do it once and then move on with my life. Yeah. You know, I'm not, like, one of these – and, like, these home decor bloggers, like, they have, like, seasonal decor, like, decor for, like, every, like, National Lipstick Day. They <laughs> have, like, decor. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, where is the storage space? <laughs> not in New York City. I know. Um, so transitioned to fashion um, and did that – pretty unsuccessfully for about a year and a half too. And um, in that time, my husband and I bought like our forever home and it was a massive fixer upper. So I took some time away to do that project um, and then came back. It was July of last year that we finished the house. And I was like, 
what am I going to do with my life? We were going to get married in September. And I was like, I don't know, like, what I'm going to do. I remember having like this existential crisis as I was walking around Connecticut being like, I mean, is this just the rest of my life? Am I am I going to be like a, a Connecticut suburban mom? And like, that's such a, you know, a lot of people would find so much peace and joy in that. And I've always just wanted to do something else. Yeah. You know, I wanted to have a career. And um, I basically, oh, you know what happened? <laughs> this is why failure is a great thing. <laughs> I auditioned for a role like virtually and I got a call back and it was like a fairly large role for a network show or it was, it was the largest role at that time for me. Yeah. It wouldn't have changed my life, but it would have been a great paycheck. It would have been like 10 episodes and I got called back and I didn't get it. Mm. And I found out maybe like two weeks before our wedding and I was like, well, this is shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know. I just out of a desperate attempt to make myself feel better. It was like, let me try this TikTok thing. And I was like, what am I good at? And I was like, well, people are like doing makeup and like talking about stuff. So I'll just put on makeup and yeah. talk about dating. And it went viral. And then I was like, I think I found my calling. <laughs> I don't know if I thought it back then. I just thought it was super cool that I got more than like 200 views. Yeah. No, you were like, you're really good at makeup too, though. It's not like you were just like casually talking to the camera. <laughs> like, Thank you. Well, it's a lot of practice. I've been like messing around with my face, like with makeup, not yeah. surgery, obviously. <laughs> um, well, I do have some Botox, uh, but um, since I was like 13. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. But also like even when I try to just do like a get ready with me and like do skincare, talking at the same time, I feel like people don't realize this because it comes off so seamlessly when you post the video, but like talking at the same time as doing things is hard to tell a story. Like, yeah, executively it's, it's with the cut. Yeah, it's hard. It is very – well, I script out all my videos. Like, okay. it's not spontaneous. Yeah. And I, you know, I say that anytime anybody asks me, like, oh, do you just come up with this on the fly? I was like, I wish. <laughs> like, no, but they're too is. long to, like, just come up with that on the fly. I mean, I, I think some people are very, very I, – I see some creators and they just talk on the fly and they're hilarious and they're brilliant. Or maybe right. they're just good at making it look like that. <laughs> I'm just like, no, like, I edit, like, every, like, five to ten seconds. Yeah. What's your sign? I'm a Libra. Okay. Yeah. I'm a Virgo. I was just wondering. <laughs> I don't know anything about astrology. So what does all that mean? Um, Libras are supposed to be more like um, – it's an air sign. Okay. So you're like go with the flow, like more carefree. Like Libras are the scale. So it's like okay. you want things to be fair. You're very like – if someone comes to you with their opinion, it's like you could see it this way, but you could also see it this way. Yes, that is true. <laughs> I know. I know. I, uh, yeah. I A lot of Libras. Although I would not say I'm carefree. <laughs> Maybe you have some earth energy in your chart because it feels very analytical and like on that's how I am. Yeah, yeah. Very, very type A. Yeah. Very I'm a control freak. <laughs> yeah, I I some for some reason attract Libras. Um, my boyfriend and my two best friends. Libra. All Libras. Yeah. When's his birthday? October 9th. Oh, I'm the fifth. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so the so when I first saw you on my free page, it was the 20 things that I wish I knew while I was dating in my 20s. And <laughs> Well, I turned – well, I'm turning 31 this year. Um, so then I wasn't in my 20s still. My birthday's August 27th. So if you put it out on September 1st, oh my God, I had you just, had turned, just 30. turned 30. <laughs> yeah. Um, but either way, I still grabbed my attention because I was like, okay, yeah. let's see what she learned. Have I learned anything? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 
I'm like, I give out this great oh advice and then something in my life happens and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like having a conniption. I'm like, give yourself advice. Give yourself advice. Yeah, no. I'm great at giving other people advice. I'm not great at taking it. I know. I'm like, do as I say, not as I do. Yeah. But um, meanwhile, I was also secretly dating my boyfriend at the time. That is crazy. I don't know how you <laughs> kept that a secret. I'm like – I go on like I used to when I was single. I, I would go on like one date with a guy. I'm like, Mom, <laughs> here's his Hinge profile and his LinkedIn. He's no, I think the only reason I was able to is because I could tell like my mom, my best friends. Yeah, like they already yeah. knew, they already met him, and um, I just couldn't tell like the world. But I could tell like my close people if I had to keep it like our secret secret. Oh my god, I can't even imagine. Horrible. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm currently in a relationship, not in my 20s, but this this TikTok really got my not far removed. <laughs> Not far removed from your 20s. Yeah. But I wanted to like touch on a couple of things that were like my favorite things that you said. Okay. So they were 20 things. I'm not going to go through all 20. I was like, please um, don't ask me to recite no. them because I do not remember all 20. No, I wrote I wrote down my favorites. Okay. This one really like hit me because I feel like I've always said like, oh, like what I would look for in a guy is like I want someone that challenges me. Like, and you literally said dating a guy who challenges you is overrated. Challenge yourself and let your relationship be a soft place to land at the end of a hard fought day. And I was like, Wow, that is like <laughs> so cool. <laughs> I literally was just like, it just made me think so many things. And you say it so fast, which is hilarious. Like if you guys haven't seen the TikTok, please, I need to, I'll post it when this episode comes out. But you said everything so fast that it's just like you're being hit with like these nuggets of wisdom all at once. And I'm like, oh my God, I watched the video like 50 times in a row. <laughs> I think everybody else did too. That's why it went so viral. But do you feel like were you like kind of a serial like serial dater when you were in your 20s? I was. <laughs> and not intentionally. Like I always yeah. wanted commitment. I've always known from a very, very young age what I've wanted. And even in college, like my freshman year of college, I wasn't like, oh, I think a lot of people go through an exploratory phase where they're like, I don't want a relationship. I was like, I'm ready to meet my husband. I am 18. <laughs> I am mature. And the guy I dated freshman year, first semester of college, um, we met at orientation. I went to NYU and within NYU, there's a smaller school called Gallatin, which is like the school of individualized studies. And we met at orientation and it was just sort of this like very romantic thing. And um, he told me his parents had met freshman year of college and I was like, we're following in their footsteps. And of course, like by Thanksgiving, he had like broken up with me and I was like crushed. But um you know, I've always sort of just wanted to find a husband and I would have been the girl that would have married her college sweetheart. It just didn't happen for me <laughs> like that. They just – I kept leaving. They kept leaving. It just yeah. never fully matched. And, you know, my current relationship with my husband, I just think about the fact that – um it's just so nice, especially with everything that's happened in my career over the last 10 months. It's been amazing, but it's also been like – it's just like a new level of stress dealing with – um going from literally no one knowing you to a lot of people knowing you. And I'm not complaining at all because, like, I think we're so privileged to be able to do this. But it's just so nice coming home and just being able to be like – and just, like, unload with him. And I'm sure you feel the same with Austin. It's just, like, you are obviously a very motivated person on your own. It's not like you need somebody being like, you should be doing yeah. more. <laughs> You're like, no, I like the voice inside my head is keeping me doing more. I need somebody to like chill me out at the right. end of the day. And I think the reason I really thought about that was because I think so many times people mistake like friction in a relationship for, oh, he's challenging me. I'm like, no, it just it's not working. That's why it's a challenge. The relationship is a challenge, you know, and I felt that so many times and I, I learned all these things the hard way. You know, yeah. I'm like, oh, it's. 
he's challenging me by teaching me how to be patient with him. And I'm like, no, he is wearing your patience thin. <laughs> and you tolerating his poor behavior is not you learning to be a more gracious person. It's you learning to put up with bad behavior or behavior that you shouldn't accept at the end of the day. Yeah. And I also just think like, as women of color, like in the world, I think the world is challenging enough. <laughs> Truly. Thank you. Yes. And <laughs> what you want your relationship to be is like what exactly what you said. Like I want it to be a safe space. Like I want to come home and like soft life. Like I want my, <laughs> yeah, I want my partner to be that for me. And like, I have to be this, I don't have to be, but this like hard, tough exterior businesswoman, boss bitch, right. whatever out in the real world. And it's like, why would I want to have to be that at home too? Exactly. And it's just like, I never thought about it like that until I heard you say it like that. And I was like, wow, that's like a really like so, so overrated. Like, why would I want my husband slash partner to come home? Like I come home and they're like, <laughs> it's like, what did you do today? <laughs> you could have done more. <laughs> what did you accomplish? I'm like, oh my God, I already have anxiety. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was a really good one. Did you, um, so when did you meet your husband then? I met him uh, in 2018. We've been together five years. So um, I met him in May of 2018. It's like been so long. I'm like, what are the years? And I I can't do math. Um, So, and I met him shortly after uh, my ex-boyfriend broke up with me. I probably started talking to him on Bumble like two weeks after my ex broke up with me. And then we met up a month and a half later and – I've like never been so grateful for being dumped because it was just so easy when I met him and I'd never – I'd felt like that before, but I'd always felt it in a really unhealthy way, like in a very love bomby way. Mm -hmm. And my husband was the first person to make me feel very secure in a very normal way. He like stayed in – in the first – you know, because the first like three months, you're just like feeling each other out and – I think I'd always equated like interest as in like excessive attention. Yeah. And or you're not interested at all and you're just kind of wondering what's going on. And I never really had to wonder, but he never – it wasn't like he was texting me all day, every day either. It was just like balance. And as somebody who is – I am like not a very balanced person. I'm extremely just like I kind of do things or I don't, you know. It was like really nice to just – find somebody to like level me out. And um, yeah, it's been it's been great. And it's so great that it's boring. And that's what I tell my girlfriends. I'm like, when you're in the right relationship, it's there's honestly not much to say. Yeah. Because <laughs> it just works. Right. You don't have anything to talk about to report because yeah. it's working. I love that. Whenever I have someone on the pod that's married, because obviously yeah. I've never been married, um, I just like to know because I feel like everyone's always like, when you know, you know. And I'm like, is that actually bullshit or is it true? Like you said you felt like different when you met him. But like was it so different that you were like this is completely different than anyone I had ever dated, especially since you had dated a lot of people? I think for me I was so jaded by the time I met him that I knew I felt immediately comfortable but I wasn't willing to call it because of everything that had happened. Like if I had met him when I was 22, I would have been like this guy's my husband. But I had felt very similarly about other people in the beginning. And I think that's why it's like as somebody who's super impatient, I want to know like now, like whether this is going to work out and everything in my life. (laughs) And I think with my husband, I just gave it time because I was like, I feel really great in the moment right now. And I think it could work out, but I don't know. And I think that's what we all have to give ourselves in our relationship is just 
the gift of time because so often, I remember my first Tinder date I went on, it was right after I graduated from NYU, my college ex-boyfriend or my college boyfriend had just dumped me, therefore becoming my ex. <laughs> um, like he didn't dump me twice. Uh, so I went on Tinder because it was just, it was coming out at that point. It's 2013, had just been out for like a year. And I met this guy who was just like, the perfect guy to date, honestly, when you're 22 coming out of NYU. He was quite a bit older. He was like Rico Suave. He was Turkish. He had like a sexy <laughs> accent. And like it was like an eight-hour date. And it was just like one of those things. And I was like, I met my husband. I'm <laughs> going to like, you know, and I was – and I like went on one more date with him and then it just never went anywhere. Yeah. And – you know, it's so – it's actually not super difficult, at least when you're in New York City and you're actively dating, to have, like, a great first date. I agree. But to – the longevity is what I had a difficult time with once, like, the newness wears off and you try and figure out what people want. Because a lot of guys you can get along with, but they're not looking for a serious relationship. And you don't always know that. And the problem is they don't always know that. Yeah. <laughs> I know I call them like the three monthers because I'm just like I've yes. had so many three monthers because and people and three months they turn into a pumpkin <laughs> pretty much <laughs> they turn into something um, but people always ask me like what's the worst like date you've ever been on like worst first date whatever and I'm like I haven't had that many bad first dates yes like they all it's not that hard to like chit chat with someone especially over drinks like yeah. you have a few drinks you're out for all of, of like all of a sudden it's been six hours yes and it wasn't that bad. So I'm just like, I haven't had that many bad first dates. It's just like after three months, all of a sudden, it's like that 90-day trial period is up and you're like, so what are we doing here? What's going on? And, and it's usually like, well, what do you mean what yeah. are you doing? <laughs> We're just doing this. I'm like, well, this doesn't cut it. Yeah. And I've been so like similar to you. Like I've never been just like a casual dating for yeah. fun, like wild phase, whatever. Like, yeah, I don't know why. It's just like hasn't been my personality. Yeah. But I've always been dating to like find someone to marry. Like I've just never right. been... Like, Clearly, I mean, you went on the back. <laughs> I was like, that's good. Facts. Right. Yeah. Or we'll be like, nah, I just went on the show to just fuck around. Some people go on the show to fuck around. Yeah. I just, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I was like, I was 27, I think, when I went on Bachelor. Okay. okay. Um, and then, you know, took me a few shows, but I <laughs> found somebody. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. But hey, um, some people never find somebody that even is after a few shows. So you got lucky. This was the third one was gonna be the last, no matter okay. what. Okay, you were like, I I'm, was like, if I don't find someone this time, we are done with Bachelor. It wasn't meant to be. I wasn't meant to be one of those girls that finds a bachelor relationship. I know. Yeah, it worked out. That's, that's very good. <laughs> um, one other thing that you said in the TikTok was that you don't need to be perfect for a man to love you. You just need to be real. Love that. Because I feel like even for me, like maybe a few years ago. It was always like, okay, well, I'm single. Like right now I'm working on myself. Yeah. And so like I want to keep working on myself until I get to like, I don't know what level I was trying to achieve. <laughs> perfection. <laughs> and then I'll find the perfect guy when I'm perfect. And then it'll be the perfect time to get in a relationship. Yeah. And then like I feel like as you get older, you realize like, okay, obviously I'm always going to be working on myself. Yes. Um, And so are they, whoever they are, like the person I'm looking for. Um, And I think it's like a lot of people are holding out like, well, I'm just not ready for a relationship right now because I'm still working on myself. And I'm like, you can work on yourself in a relationship too. Like if you have a partner where you both are like good at growing yourselves and the relationship at the same time, you can do that. But I think a lot of people are like waiting around to like be perfect. 
And I think a lot of it stems from, I think it's much more of a female issue than a male issue. Mm. Not that I've ever been a straight man, but like <laughs> just judging by like my husband's friends and like, no, I've seen very few men that are like, yeah, I'm going to like work on myself to be like the perfect boyfriend for a woman. And I think, I mean, I, a lot of it is obviously very sexist. I think women feel a constant need to be perfect in order to be valuable and what I've learned through not just I mean, I learned this prior to meeting my husband, but I was always just trying to be the perfect girlfriend in my like early to mid 20s. I was like, don't complain. Be cool. Be chill. Be like a guy girl. girl. Yeah. I'm like, so I have no chill. I was born with <laughs> chill. And it would come out. I remember with my ex-boyfriend, um, I dated a guy for about a year and a half uh, in my early to mid 20s. And I lived with him. And I remember taking such pride in the fact that I knew like I was a presentable girlfriend for him because like his friends loved me. I was super fun. I was like, you know, I was a party girl, but I was like also, you know, I could like hang with the guys, right? I could like give their shit back to them. And which is so funny thinking about it now because I'm so not a guy's girl <laughs> at all. Um, but I had so much pride in that because I was like, I'm the perfect girlfriend, right? And I was like, I'm going to be the perfect stay-at-home mom one day. And I was like, you know, really domestic. And I I do have a side to me that's domestic. I yeah. like love cooking. I like keeping a clean house. I like home decor, all those things that, you know, you associate with being like, I guess, a, a woman or a mom in the suburbs, whatever. Um, and he would say to me, because we would go out and I would, you know, get drunk with him. We would go out to parties and everything. And I would get really angry for like no reason mm. when I was drunk and like just really irritated. And he's like, why are you so like, agitated when you're drunk and I think it was like a lot of my frustrations with like my life coming out when I didn't have a barrier up this yeah. you know the sobriety up I never struggled with alcohol or anything like that I mean I've, I've struggled with a lot of mental health stuff but that was never anything that I you know was like I'm, I'm dependent on this but I do remember feeling like you know when your guard's down a little that's when your true self comes out which is why I always say to women it's like if he's a different person when he's drunk, he is just that person. Yeah. So believe it, right? If he's like horrible to you when he's drunk, but great to you when he's sober, he's that horrible person. Okay. Yeah. So, and I wasn't like horrific to my ex, but I was a really angry person because it stemmed from not feeling like I deserved what I wanted in life. And a lot of that was growing up as, um, a person of color in Pennsylvania and suburban. <laughs> so I feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, I feel like, you know, and just kind of really reconciling with the fact that like I belonged in society and I didn't have to act more whatever. You know, I didn't have to be more cool. I didn't have to be more athletic. I didn't have to be like more white, which I always thought growing up, you know, I yeah. have to blend in. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's so real and honest because I feel like I was just thinking about while you were telling that story, like exes of mine where I felt like a lot of my value came from like what they thought of me or like how I was presented. It's like, yeah, I've always been a model. And it's like they presented me to their friends as like I'm dating a model. I know. And you were like, oh, great. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, my God. Yeah. Um, but that's totally – Which, by the way, is super freaking cool. <laughs> and like I, guys, like I – like you, I have no perspective of Chelsea on Instagram of like how – she's like so tall and stunning. <laughs> she walked in and I was like, oh my god. You don't see that on The Bachelor. I'm like, is everybody just tall on The Bachelor? Yeah, I think people are taller. Yeah, I like literally – how tall are you? I'm six feet. 
Oh my gosh. I'm, oh, and you're wearing a little, heels. A little inch on today. Oh, so you're like six one. Six one, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. I actually think that's true because I've met a lot of people in Bachelor Nation um, that I didn't expect to be so tall either, like right. the men. Um, but on my season specifically, Matt James, he's like six five. So I oh, didn't look six five. Yeah. Oh, so that's why you didn't look like I think crazy I didn't look tall like next giant. to him. But if you saw me standing next to like Serena or Brie or something, like they're they're literally <laughs> five one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the, there's uh, there's a space for short queens on yeah, the Bachelor yes. Nation too. That's so funny because Serena's like intro out of the limo. She like literally stood on a step stool to say hi to like oh, Matt, and she was that. still so much shorter. Than him. Hilarious. She's so small. Six five is tall. Yes. Yeah. But thank you for the compliment. <laughs> of course. But like that is truly exhausting to be in a relationship where you're like not pretending to be something that you're not but like if you can't be real like your real self that's never gonna be lasting and long term and I think the thing is like a lot of women can't be their real selves because they know like the person they're with wouldn't accept their real selves and that's the saddest part is I was with a lot of people that I knew if I was just truly my messy um unapologetic fussy self I'm so fussy I'm like (laughs) So not chill. I'm so high maintenance. Um, <laughs> I feel like if a lot of, you know, for a lot of my exes, I think if they'd really seen that side or they did see that side and then they dumped me. <laughs> and so um, I'll never forget one of the exes I dated. He said something super poignant to me. I was like crying about something and I was like really embarrassed because it was the first time I had been vulnerable in front of him and I really didn't want to be vulnerable because he had had a really, you know, tough day and he had a stressful job and I was like, I just want to be like the perfect girlfriend for you when you come home. And he said, Anna, life isn't about being perfect. It's about being real. The irony is he dumped me for, you know, being too difficult, (laughs) but what he said was true and (laughs) I feel it now in my marriage. <laughs> my God, the worst. Yeah, no, that is that is true. That Chad had it right for that. For that. Yeah. <laughs> that part. Yeah. Okay, let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and do some advice questions. Ooh. Okay, one person wrote in and said, how did you keep a positive attitude during all of your single years? Dating is so awful. So I feel like this is a good one because a lot of people are on apps like you used to be and – I always admire people like, and my sister's probably going to kill me for saying this, but my sister's like one of these people too that just like continues to date. It doesn't work out and she'll like throw herself back out there. Yeah. And I'm like, I I haven't even been in that many relationships. <laughs> and after like the second time, I was like, I'm done with this. This sucks. <laughs> I don't want to do it anymore. I can't even imagine. Like I was like, if my husband pops up, he pops up. Like I don't want to do it. So like how did you keep like having the motivation to go out? And date, and date, and date, and date until, you know, you met your husband. I think, like, for me, I – if I'm not moving or, like, doing something, it's very easy to get stuck in my head. Mm. And so, like, I'm an anxious person. I've struggled with mental health. And, like, you know – For me, it was like, okay, if I don't go out and date, even if it's a bad date, it's still forward movement, right, to me. And so that's kind of what kept me going. Like when my last ex before I met my husband broke up with me, I remember I went over to his apartment. It was a random Tuesday and like it was a very long breakup. And then I got back to my apartment at midnight after taking all my shit out and I re-downloaded all the apps. And I was like – That night. That night. Literally got home to my (laughs) – studio and I was like all the apps I'm on and I started swiping and then I went to bed and to me it just felt like something I could do like I am so um 
I have struggled with depression before. And the only thing that has really um, taken me out of that rut is just doing something. And, you know, for anybody who's stuck in a rut, regardless of whether it's a relationship or their career or whatever, like everyone thinks like, oh, like movement and progress are these big steps. But sometimes it's something as simple as just downloading all the apps and being like, I'm going to set aside half an hour every day to swipe. And that's all I'm going to do. And with no expectation of the outcome, right? I didn't know I was going to match with my husband a couple of weeks after that. I was like, wow, it's probably going to take me another year to find a guy that I'm going to like enough to go on more than a couple dates with. Yeah. And so, and I also think there's a, there's toxic positivity is something that I wish we could just like remove from the vernacular because you don't always have to be like happy doing it. You can swipe begrudgingly. You can be angry <laughs> on the apps. You can be like, fuck this shit. Like yeah. my best friends met their husbands in college or I had so many friends who like married the first guy they matched with on an app. And I was like over here being like, why me? <laughs> and so you don't always have to be happy. But, you know, what you have to be doing is just making sure you're doing right by yourself. And sometimes it means not swiping, right? Yeah. But just keeping yourself doing something, distracting yourself from the doom and gloom of however you're feeling, that's kind of how I stay motivated. Yeah, I feel like what you said about expectations is really good too because it's like if you go in like always like, oh my God, is this one my husband? Is this one my husband? Yeah. Like if you go in thinking like, okay, well, I'm out. You know, it's a numbers game, baby. I'm just yeah. going to keep swiping until I find the one. Like, whatever happens, happens. Then I feel like it's like when people are always saying, oh, when you least expect it, like, it's going to be your husband. <laughs> I mean, it's so cheesy, but it's so freaking true. Because the day I went out with my husband, I almost wanted to cancel the date because I was just getting over a cold. And this was before COVID. So it was, like, still reasonable <laughs> to, like, meet people, like, sort of hoarse yeah. from, like, a cold. And I was just so tired and it was the height of my busy season. I would spent all day talking with clients and I was like, I do not want to go out with a guy who's likely not going to be my husband <laughs> anyways. And it's like, I always think it's a dick move to cancel on somebody like day of. So yeah. it's like, I'm going to go, whatever. And I saw him and I was like, I have so much energy all of a sudden. <laughs> all of a sudden my cold is like, cured. Oh my gosh. I did drink like eight glasses of water that night. He was like, I think pretty sure he thought there was something wrong with me. I had like <laughs> one glass of wine and like eight glasses of water. And we were at Rain's Law Room. Have you been that at the William to I've the heard one of at the William? No, I haven't been there. It's like a nice cocktail bar okay. where you like don't just order water. <laughs> water like one after the other. So funny. Yeah. Um I wanted to ask this is like kind of random. No. But like for like internet trolls. <laughs> this is my head. <laughs> but I feel like anytime there's like a woman with a large platform talking about men, the the comments are always like so disgusting. It's always like men that are bitter and angry in, in the yeah. like comment section. It's like, what's the like most common thing that like internet trolls say to you? Like what's the most People love to tell – well, people love to say I'll die alone because all they see is one video and they don't realize I'm married because I don't really feature my husband in my videos, True. you know? So there's that. <laughs> and then when they realize – because I clap back. Sometimes yeah. I'm like sassy. It's like fun. Um, and then when I say I'm married, they're like, oh, he's a simp, which I did not know what that meant until I joined TikTok literally <laughs> like a year ago. I was like, what is this? I'm like on Urban Dictionary because like very like not in the know with like Gen Z lingo or they'll say, oh, he'll leave you in six years <laughs> or they'll just get super fucking racial and like go for like that card, yeah. you know, 
or they'll go for like, oh, like cake face, like you're weird too much makeup, like, oh, he left you because – because I talk about my <laughs> oh, ex. He left you because he saw you without makeup on. Oh, oh, it's like insane. And I had a really hard time adjusting to it at first because, yeah. again, it's like when you go from anonymity – to this, it's like, and I had um, back in January, I had a very large uh, YouTube account troll me. Mm. Um, and I'm like trying to be PC about what kind of account it is. It's it's like a pretty, uh, just like a very hateful account okay. with a very large following. It's And I made them, he like reposted my video, not even saying anything. He <laughs> just said I was the angriest woman alive and reposted my video and I, like, made the mistake of, like, reading the comments. And I was, like, it was so insane. It's, like, you know, it's – and I think the it's not only difficult enough to be a woman in life in this country. I mean, think about, like, all of our rights that have been stripped away. Yeah. Um, but adding, like, race to that is just, like, a, I almost think the race thing hurts me more mm. than the female thing because it's, like, you know, it all comes back to, like, what were you traumatized by as a kid? <laughs> and I was traumatized by growing up as one of the only um, kids of color in my very, like, idyllic suburban town and being, like, really poor and, like, the poor yellow girl, Yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, it's, it's insane. Um, and I feel like I follow a lot of, like, like, I don't know if you know, like, other TikTokers, like, Talia Lichtenstein. You know who I'm talking about? I probably should. Okay, I, like, no, no. <laughs> or, like, Drew Af... Af- yes, Drew Afflo. Yeah, like, and the comments are just crazy to me. And I'm just, like, all you're trying to do is, like, share your knowledge and empower I women. Know. And people are so freaking up in arms about it. I love that, like, the you're going to die alone. Like, that's, like, their number one vote. <laughs> it's, like, what? Okay. Like... Or they say, oh, you're teaching women to die alone with, like, five cats. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm <laughs> teaching women to stay single, hopefully, until they find the one person that's worth their time. Right. And you don't yeah. even, like – not that, like, the other people are like, well, maybe Drew. <laughs> I'm like, she's, she's – I'm like, you're not she's even savage. posting, like, it. man-hater content. No. Like, yours isn't at all. Yeah. So, like, for them to come for you is just so crazy to me. But it just um, goes to show that, like, you literally – could be anybody. You could post the most PG content online. And if you're on a public facing forum, you will have people that dislike you for no other reason other than the fact that they hate themselves. I mean, I had a man when, you know, that was the worst when I got uh, reposted by that YouTube account. I had a man email me like a very, very long, hateful email saying that I should abort my future children (laughs) and that, you know, I need to let this die with me and that like I should – it was just – so insane to me and it's like it makes me sad because it's like what happened to you that you think that this is going to make you feel better to take the time to do like a written out long ass email oh it was insane it was absolutely and it was like all in caps and it was just I was like really horrified because I could just never you know I see things in the media and whatever I could just never care it Right? That much? Somebody else's life to write them an email. It's like, live your life. I might not agree with it, but like, whatever, you know? You would not believe how much. Like, you want to cheat on your wife 10 million times? Like, you're a scumbag. I'm not going to write you an email. (laughs) So weird. So weird. Yeah. But have you felt like that? Like, as a woman of color, and like, you went on The Bachelor and then you were like, you know, 
nobody knew you and then everybody knew you on this very large platform. And I don't know, how has that been like dealing with that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think it was, well, it kind of was maybe as fast as it happened to you, but yours was kind of like overnight kind of. Yeah. You know? Like yeah. it's like one viral, two viral, and then, you know, now you have over a million followers. Um, and I don't even have, you know, my platform is not nearly as large as yours. But I think being launched into the, like, into the public consciousness via ABC is a yes. massive, it massive is. change. I think the bigger difference is, like, the people that found me from a TV show liked me and fo- decided to follow right, me. Right, right, right. So, like, I have this safe little, like, community and bubble in my, like, page. And so it's, like, when a video of mine gets pushed out to, like, the Explore page and it's people that don't follow me, that's when it's, like... <laughs> this is what other people are dealing with. <laughs> like, it's the wild, wild west out there. Well, that's um, the thing. It's like a catch-22. I always know a video of mine is going viral once I start getting hate comments. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's not just, like, my loyal biddies following me. It's just, like, oh, like, crazy people. Crazies. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, there's – I mean, so many crazies in Bachelor Nation. Like, the okay, you saying, well, like, take the time to, like, people that take the time to, like – People get so invested in Bachelor Nation. It's crazy. Yeah. So when the show was on, yeah, like I would get wild, crazy DMs, a lot of racist stuff, a lot yeah. of, like for no reason. Just I know. Just for no reason. People will attack you for any freaking reason. Like, yeah. like if it wasn't, you know, and in some ways it's helped me process like being uh, a minority because I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, even if I wasn't Asian, like I get attacked for wearing fake eyelashes. <laughs> I'm like, literally, hatred knows no boundaries. <laughs> Yeah, they will pick anything. If, yeah. it, if you weren't Asian, it would be the fact that you're a woman. I know. And exactly. Yeah, it's always something. But yeah, no, definitely have dealt with that too. And it, I think coming off of a show so big and like it all happening at once is – it was jarring. And your show was also not free of controversy. So it's Oh, like- yeah. Especially my <laughs> season. Jesus. So good. You no, know, it was a wild one. Um, yeah, I don't I – don't, I still I, – I read the comments. Do you still read your comments or do you – I try. I, I can't like read all of them, but I try and keep up with as many. I did think for a while, like three months in, I was like, I'm going to respond to every single comment and I'm going to do that forever. And then I was like, it's not possible. Um, I try to read as many as possible. Um, but yeah, you see the unfortunate ones. Right. And it's just like ah. – and I think um, for me – I don't think it'll ever like not sting just a little bit. Mm. And I'm okay with that because it's like I don't ever want to get hardened to the point where somebody telling me to go die like doesn't Does affect me. <laughs> yeah. Like that should affect you if you're not like a sociopath. Yeah. And so, you know, it's – I feel like my courage comes from the fact that I, I'm scared and I don't, you know, I don't like it when people say mean things. But it's like – also, what are you going to do? Not live your life? Right. Like that's kind of – I almost use it as fuel to do more. I'm like, well, <laughs> there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. Thanks for the engagement. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. Especially now. It's like this is now your career and you get to do so many freaking cool, amazing things because of it. So it's like you're not going to stop posting your videos because of the haters. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, my final question for all my guests – I feel like you were just very vulnerable. <laughs> um, but – is there anything else you want to be vulnerable about with our audience, you know? Anything you think people might find relatable? Anything that you're struggling with going through right now? Yeah, I think um, – and I haven't talked a lot about this on my platforms just because it's been like a very recent struggle. I have always struggled with um, obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety and not in the like, oh, oh I have OCD, I can't stop washing my hands. Like I have um, – 
what's called like pure O is when you have obsessive thinking. So you get a thought in your head and you can't stop thinking it. And I'll literally spend like the whole day thinking about it. And it's, it's triggered by the most random things. Right. And so it's triggered by stress and even like good stress. And so that's actually been something that has sort of resurfaced in the last month or two for me. Mm -hmm. And I've been struggling with that just because I think like it was just a combination of really just this career. And like, it's been amazing, but it's also like, I place a lot of expectation on myself and I think there's, and now all of a sudden like I have an audience and people are watching what I do versus like two years ago, like, you know, me and my 2000 followers, like kind of didn't matter. And I'm always, I'm an overthinker. And so um, I recently started going to see a psychiatrist again um, and I've been dabbling around with a little bit of medication. And so I hope people know, like when they watch my videos that like, I don't have it all figured out, but like, you know, I'm working on it and I have it more figured out than I did in my 20s. But everybody, no matter how, you know, poised they seem on social media, like everyone gets like a minute and a half snippet of like something I wrote. Right. And, you know, these are things I struggle with every day. And hopefully that doesn't discourage people. Like, I feel like I'm so much in a much better place now than I was five years ago. But like mental health is probably something I will always struggle with off and on. And that doesn't negate all the work I did in my past. It just means there's more work to be done and there's always going to be stress in life. And for me, it's always just figuring out the best way to cope with that stress. Yeah, I don't think that would discourage people at all. I think that it's relatable. And I think that it's nice to like, like, I try to be as real as possible on this podcast, on (laughs) every platform that I have. Like I try to keep it real with everyone because it's just like, what is the point of trying to like be perfect and hold up a facade when it's like everyone wants to see that? Like everyone wants to hear that. So many people struggle with mental health. And I'm sure after listening to this, people will reach out to you that maybe have the same OCD that you do. Um, because I've never heard anyone talk about that. Like it's very like a it's an oddly specific type of yeah. <laughs> like anxiety. And it's just so I mean, I I struggled for a long time figuring out what was going on because the way it first manifested itself, um, I was 29 and somebody it was like a series of things that had led to I thought I was going blind for like literally six months it was like the most it's like hilarious in retrospect (laughs) because like it's like so bizarre but like I thought I was actually going blind and for a good it was really bad for four months like I wouldn't leave my apartment I would get up in the morning and just think about can I see and I would do all these like I was with my now husband at the time and I would do these like what he now makes fun of me for like these rogue eye tests be like can you see that like how far can you see (laughs) And it was just such a like pervasive thought. And yeah. that's how it like manifests in me. Yeah. But it's like always it's a greater. I don't know. It's just something I was born with or whatever. But yeah, it was it was a fun time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for sharing and being open about everything. I'm sure that um, I mean, that's why I liked your video. And that's why I like you in person, obviously, because <laughs> you're so real. And I'm sure that's why the audience has followed you and found you. Um, please tell everyone where they can find you. Speaking of, you can find me on TikTok. My handles, it's maybe both, and Instagram is maybe both, and my blog is maybe both.com. Oh, you still have the blog? I do. It's an advice column now. So oh my God, yeah. perfect. <laughs> um, and you can watch this full episode at Vulnerable Pod on YouTube. You can find us at Vulnerable Pod on TikTok, and you can find me at Chelsea Vaughn on Insta. But thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. This oh was God. so fun. Of course. Bye guys.